Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Happy Life Abroad podcast. I'm Michael Hochberg, your host, and I'm excited to start the very first episode of our show. The project was initially planned to start at the end of February, but that's when the international crisis started and we decided to postpone it. That is why today I feel this day has finally arrived, and I'm pleased to tell you that this will be a podcast with and about expat stories told by expat spouses. The purpose of the show is to shine some light on what it means to be an expat spouse and how to adjust to a new country and their culture and what are the daily struggles in each stage of the moving abroad process, but also to create a community of like-minded expat spouses who would share from their experiences with the rest of us. Every two weeks, we'll, we will invite an expat spouse to join our conversation, to listen to their stories, share with us their tips and tricks, and be inspired by how they overcame different challenges, because as we all know, I'm sure, the expat life comes with its own struggles. Every moving abroad story is unique, and they all are very interesting success stories, like today's guest story is as well. Also, please stay with us until the end. We'll have a surprise for you. Now, please join me in welcoming on today's show, Xenia. She's Russian-born, but now lives in Scotland with her husband, kids, and extended family. So, hi, Xenia. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, I've already, hi, Michael. Hi. I've already heard the highlights of your story during our call last week, and it's a wonderful story, which I think Thank will, you. Be, uh, yeah, will be an inspiration for all of us. If you can tell it again. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, where you are from, and where you're living now. Okay, no problem. Hi, everyone. My name is Ksenia Eroglu. So, Ksenia, it's a Russian name, and my surname is a Turkish one, which means my husband is Turkish. So, I'm originally from Russia, but I met my husband on a holiday vacation in Cyprus seven years ago, and here I am now living with him in Scotland. So I've got two kids. One is about five. He's going to be five next month. And another one, he's nearly one and a half. They're both triangle kids, so they speak three languages. Wow, fantastic. And, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to say... Um, I graduated university in Russia, and then instead of staying in Russia and taking my job, I had an option, like, that was the only option to come to UK, so I had to drop my work and university back home to come to Scotland. That was the reason, one of the reasons. Mm And that was because it was easier for me to come to Scotland. As you know, like I can speak English and then my husband, he couldn't speak any Russian words. So that's why <laughs> we're living in Scotland now. Right. I'm a bit, I might be a bit nervous to hear from me, but this is the first podcast I'm doing, so please don't charge me <laughs> like, no, too much. Okay. Yeah. Um, how hard was it for you to leave uh, Russia and move to Scotland? Actually, it wasn't that hard. I think when you're 23, you don't really think about the big decisions in your life. I mean, it was a big decision for me. But I I was living without my parents since I was 18. I was studying in a different city. So it wasn't that hard just to leave my family there. I think the fact that hit me the most was I had to leave all my friends there as well. So I didn't have anyone here 
that was one of the most, the hardest bits. But the rest, I didn't really think what's going to happen because I knew all of my husband to be and I knew he would take care of me and then he will make my experience in Scotland as enjoyable as it could be. So I just packed my things and left. Okay, fantastic. And uh, what were your expectations, if any, about how life was going to be in Scotland and uh, how different the culture is? What were your expectations, if you had any? Um, I mean, do you know when you're looking at all this and all these movies on the TV, whether like uh, showing England and showing Great Britain, and then you're thinking, oh, I'm going dress up nicely, have an umbrella with me, go for an afternoon tea. Well, when you're coming to Scotland, it's a bit different. First of all, is um, a language difference. It's not the perfect Oxford English which you would hear only, like as I said, in the movies or in the books or in the radio. The Scotland accent is very difficult to understand, and I mean, I'm struggling till nowadays. Well, not as much as at the beginning, but still. And then the second thing was um, because my husband he's Turkish, so his family, his mom and dad are living here. Lots of his aunties they're staying here. They all speak in Turkish, so I did not expect to come to UK to learn Turkish language. If that makes sense. Mm. And then. So- um, yeah, so that was the biggest difference. So the hardest thing uh, with your your husband's family was the language? Yeah, so with my in-laws, with my future in-laws, it was the language, because they don't really speak English within the household. Uh, so the TV is in Turkish, if you can understand. All the guests who are coming, obviously, they all speak in Turkish. And then with me coming with zero Turkish, it was a bit frustrating because, I mean, you can imagine yourself when you're moving to a different country. If you're sitting in a room full of people speaking the language, you have no idea what they're talking about, not even English, which you would probably expect. But that was that was the hardest bit. It took me a while to realize that I actually need to learn this language if I want to communicate somehow. Not even communicate. They they were trying to put lots of effort, like trying to use English words to communicate with me. But the idea of if I want to know what's exactly going on in the family, it would be better for me if I would know some some words or some phrases. And then I start digging in, like I start downloading in applications on the phone try to learn Turkish and I would say it took me maybe two years but it was like just self-teaching basically so now I can speak to them I can understand them not the perfectly but it's enough to have a simple conversation and, and what helped you to adjust to that I mean what helped that learning the, the Turkish and everything Yes. So the first thing, well, I moved to UK. I had a student visa. So I was a student to begin with. It was a tier for visa for one year. So as soon as I came here, I came about mid January and then a week later I started college. So that was really good thing for me because I would not escape from the house, but it, it was a different. It was a change for me to go and see actual like how the culture, how the people are here in Scotland. So I would go, it was not, it was every day, I think it was every day. It was every day for like three, four hours I would go to college. So that was, that helped me a lot. I made trailing new friends there and that was my new friends basically. But I mean, I don't really keep in touch with them afterward because it was more like international school. So people would come, learn English and then go back to their home countries. But still, it gave me a good break. 
So right. that was college to begin with. And then after I finished college, I started working for my husband. We've got coffee shops in Edinburgh. So, and again, it's a uh, hospitality. So lots of people are coming into the coffee shop and you have a conversations with them. And then you see they like, how are they living here? That was the second step. And then the third step was having kids. So that opens you another opportunities to go and meet with the like mothers, the newborn babies and all this circle basically changed. So I would say college, then work and then be- becoming a mother. That work made me <laughs> adjust like on the best level. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what would you say are the, the, cultural differences between Russia and and Scotland and the UK? Well, there is quite a few. So the first thing what I noticed when I just moved here, it was that people are queuing for the bus, not only for the bus, for everything. So we don't really do that back home. And it, it is actually really nice. It does speed up lots of things. I was, is that, is, maybe you remember I was telling you, we were trying to get into Madame Tussauds Museum in London. And then when we walked in, there was like 100 people inside. And I thought, oh, my God, we're going to spend at least an hour just to get inside. And could you know, 15 minutes later, we were inside because everyone was just staying where they are, not trying to stand in front of you or push you back. And that's it. It solved the problem. So I was quite impressed about it. And then second thing what what was different as well. As I see a lot of things um are doing not doing like trying to solve within an email. You see back home we would just go and see person in person and try to fix our problems. I don't know, for example, some if you're buying flats or if you want to get a mortgage, you're like, you need to go to the branch and say person here, you can even get mortgage online and then do it all over emails. So that was another different things. And then um, about old people, lots of British, they're putting their old people into caring homes. Yeah. So we don't do it. At home, we are taking care of our other family members by ourselves. And really, really, really rare when you put them in care care homes. So you have uh, maybe sometimes three generations in the same house. Basically, yes. So, what do you think was the hardest thing for you to adjust to? Um, I don't really know what was the hard. Probably the language, and then because no matter how good you know the language, it's still it's still difficult to understand some people what they're saying. Or especially, you know, when you have this phrases which are sounds the one way, but then the meaning is actually a different way. Hmm. So, but then it just, it's practice. You're just practicing. Right. And, and, uh, what would you say is the thing you miss most, uh, from Russia? Food. <laughs> Food, yeah. I think the, I mean, the Turkish cuisine is really similar to Russian one. It's really great. But the actual Scottish cuisine, it's completely different. It's lots of takeaway, lots of like fish and chips. And I do like a home cooking, so I did miss my mom's food. <laughs> okay. And uh, what would you say was the best thing that Scotland had to offer to you? La- language opportunities. Right. 
that for free, basically. You can learn language just uh, surrounding by people speaking it. And it was English and Turkish. Mm. So I think and, that... Uh, yeah, sorry, you're going to say something? And then, and then, um, I mean, I had my kids here, so I don't, I, I can't really compare the, like, health system back home, I mean, about when you're giving birth. So here was amazing experience. And I think for my kids, it's great opportunities here as well. They can, like, they can go schools here, they can go college, they can go university. So that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the the main thing that helped you to adjust to a new country? My family, my husband and my family. I mean, if it wasn't for them, I would I wouldn't even moved here. And then they were my back. They support me in everything, and they they translated me lots of things, especially my husband. So, my family. Is there is there something you would have done differently to help you adjust faster, maybe? You know, I thought about it, and then I thought probably not, because if I did, the, my experience wouldn't be the same as I had. But I did like my experience of moving to another country and going through. There was ups and downs, but this is what made your life more interesting, more excited. Mm. So, no, I wouldn't. Okay. Now, we're, we're having this international crisis nowadays uh, yes. with, with the virus. Uh, how are you and your family managing? It's it's hard because we own coffee shops, as I said before, and then we had to close them down. So now we're staying indoors and we're only allowed to go outside once a day for your physical exercises or for walk. It's hard with two kids because they they find it really frustrating that they can't see their friends. Like, like they don't understand the reason why they can't see their friends. And then we can't even see our grandparents because they are the vulnerable ones. So we don't want to put them in a bad situation. So it does impact us. Well, we'll, we'll, but we can't do anything about it. We just need to wait and see what's going to happen. Mm. So what are you doing to keep your spirits up? Is there anything that you're doing to keep positive? Of course. Like, uh, okay, if we can't go see our friends, we're trying to do, like, online chats, online conversations, and then just trying to spend more time as a family because my husband, he's usually working a lot, so now it's a good opportunity to be with the boys and me. And then we're just playing games and watching movies together, trying to gig together. If we could, we go for a walk together. So it's it's like being on holiday, but not being on holiday at the same time. If you know. And um, if you could give some good advice to our listeners who are expat spouses that are listening right now, what would you tell them? Um, I would say if you have. If you have an opportunity to move to a different country and thinking that you're not going to lose much in your country, I would say go for it. At the end of the day, no, the opportunities might just come once in your life. And then it all depends on you, how you want to make your life experience in a different country. So if you want to find new friends, I'm pretty sure you will find your new friends. And 
just remember there is always like like me i'm a russian speaking so i definitely knew they're going to be russian speaking people in scotland so i tried to search for them and i did find them and we became good friends so that's one of the points you can always find people who are speaking the same language as you and then what comes towards you always have a chance to go back mm. but as you can like looking at me i've been here for seven years and i don't think i'm going i'm going to go back mm. Mm. so zania um Give us your contact information. Uh, tell us a little bit about your business and what you have to offer our audience today. Perfect. So uh, I'm on Instagram. I think Michael, you'll post a post and you will write my name there as well. So I'm doing at the moment because all your job is going to online. I've started about half a year ago uh, social media marketing. It's all about promoting your own brand via Instagram. So if you have any products or services where you can offer online or you can sell online and you don't know how to start your page and you don't know how to involve your new potential clients, this is what I do. So I'm analyzing your page and I'm writing you a strategy how to work and how to make, how to find new clients from Instagram. So if it's something that you're interested in, you can just direct message me on the information uh, Michael would say but if you go to my personal blog it's at Xenia under, underline Aeroglu then you'll find all the information you need and, and how do you spell that? so Xenia it's K-S-E-N-I-A underscore Aeroglu E-R-O-G-L-U fantastic well I hope people take you up on your offer Hopefully, uh, if, yeah, you'll find them. Yeah, and thank you very much uh, for being our first guest. And uh, thank, thank you for finding me and inviting to your talk. Hopefully, it went as far as you wanted it to go. <laughs> yeah, it went fine. It went fine. And uh, I'd like to thank our audience for joining us on the Happy Life Abroad podcast. Uh, make sure to visit our website at highmountainproducts.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes and other directories so you'll never miss a show. And until next time, stay safe and stay home. Bye-bye, all. Bye-bye.